0: You're now tuned into the fully booked podcast with Mace, French, and Pox. Enjoy the listen. Love
1: Last couple before the, this chapter finishes. A special case. You might you may find yourself in a relationship with someone, and this is still in a single chapter, by the way, single slot chapter, but these points have come up, so hence the question. Mm-hmm. You may find yourself in a relationship with someone whose life partnership is no longer very sexual, whether from the normal cooling of a passion of passion as relationships mature or through illness or disability, would you accept your partner being with someone else if inca- incapacitated? And the second question be: Would you be a lover to someone who has an incapacitated part- partner? This is actually a, a scenario that's we've we've spoken about me and my missus actually, which okay. is a bit bizarre.
0: But um, she's actually she randomly says it in a joking way, but she says like if like. Or would you be like? Oh, what would you do if, like, all of a sudden I didn't have any legs? Like, do you know what I'm saying? All that kind of stuff. Would you leave me? Like, all that mm. kind of stuff. But um, I think both of us would agree that if we were incapacitated at some point, or one of the can carry then yeah, you could be allowed to step out, and and you know, have your desires met elsewhere.
1: Mm. And would you be someone else's lover if their partner was incapacitated?
0: would be someone else's love if the partner was a woman. <laughs> <laughs> in in, in um, hypothetical terms, if you call it. Yeah. you know, not me,
2: boy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> nah, these are us because hmm. some people may have an issue. It's like, nah, it's either I want you to myself or or nothing. Some people might be like, well, you've got a partner even though they're incapacitated. I they don't want to yeah. step on, excuse the partner's their toes.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: What about you, P? Um, is you it's a A second. There. No,
2: no, no. Because I was really thinking about it because um, I was um, I was writing something down as to um, oh, I mean, we spoke. No, I, I left my dad's. Um, was it? What, no. Yesterday, and I thought, and he said something as to are you? When are you coming back? And I was saying I won't be here never. Like, in a couple of days or something like that. So I said like yeah, in a couple. Basically, I'll be here in a couple of days. Mm. And um, you know when your parents. They have that look as to like, I like, can't oh, you come tomorrow?" kind of thing. You know, yeah, can't you come tomorrow? But obviously, we're working, we're busy, all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it brought on the the, the thought of our um, parents being lonely. But obviously, if you're incapacitated, you might have that sort of um, same sort of feeling as to um, now being a bit isolated. You know, um, so the idea of your partner. Going to see someone else Although I think I would be cool with that I think being in that position Might be Obviously is definitely going to be different But you might feel a bit different You know what I'm saying You're going to feel that isolation As to This person I don't want to say Yeah This person obviously From a sexual standpoint Is No you've allowed them to step away But I think that might bring on It may potentially bring on other things And also Is that person now Going to stand by you Drew I don't know Like um um. From a standpoint of maybe feeling sorry for you, do you know, I, I don't know if I'm making sense. No, um, I'm not
1: understanding. I don't know if you are. To Mace, no. I'm sure <laughs> the I'm sure the listeners do. Um,
2: <laughs> no, you you wouldn't feel a sense of isolation if, if uh, you're you're seeing someone you're with someone you're incapacitated, and maybe yes, you've allowed that person to go and see someone else. You don't think you'll feel some type of way,
1: or if I'm the incapacitated one? Yeah,
2: you're not gonna feel. So you, I mean, you, if, if you're, you've got a sense of dis, if you've got a sense of disability, you've got a disability. Mm. You're gonna feel completely different to the rest of the world. Yeah. You're gonna, there's gonna be a sense of isolation in some way, shape, or form. I guess what I'm saying is, if you've got a partner and you've allowed them, like with your blessing, you've allowed them to go see someone else. Mm. You, I think, despite the fact that you've given them the, um, your blessing, I think you're still. You, I think you're going. I could be wrong, but I think. You'll feel some type of way as to, or you know, you've 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 relinquished that person in some way, shape, or form.
1: Yeah, but would you not feel worse for for denying them their natural urges that they they would have? If oh no! The, if you obviously you would have to both be in agreement to it. Um, I would I would like to think, but if you if you're incapacitated, you can't do nothing for them and they have, you know that they've got urges, you know, because you've got the same urges or would have had the same urges, would you deny them of having those urges? Even though, yes, you can say to one extent, I hate what you're saying, that you would feel isolated to an extent, but would you not feel more isolated in the relationship thinking, I'm holding you back to an extent?
2: No, I I mean, I I totally understand that. And I guess I probably would... Yeah, I probably would give him my blessing to go and and see someone else or fulfill those urges. I just guess, Or I guess, sorry, or I think that I don't know. Does it at some point compromise your relationship away from the desires?
1: No, because it's separate. It'd be a separate part of the relationship. You'd have to, you'd have to be, be able to compartmentalize it and say this is a a desire that's being met. That I can't fulfil And I love my partner this much That Because there's there's no way of me Being able to fulfil it Then I give you my blessing To, to step out
2: No concerns It could be anything else Or anything more
1: What are you going to do <laughs> <laughs> You're incapacitated What are you going to do bro It's either that Or you say Alright cool I'm done Let's just finish
2: hmm. I think I prefer that really I'm
1: incapacitate itself oh, wow <laughs> huh? so who's 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 actually caring for you and who's loving you no um, you're talking no in terms of finishing the relationship yeah so once the relationship's done then you've got no one to look after who's yeah, gonna you look after? care like, I mean that's we live in the United kingdom <laughs> exactly some, some, of, the, some, some <laughs> of the care that you're getting <laughs> boy I'd rather have a bank on someone that loves me and let them do their thing still <laughs> rather know that and they they're they're they're, pro, they're caring for me properly than and that's not a disrespect to any care homes or, or anyone that's in the care industry but yeah I've seen firsthand that um the treatment isn't is dignified as what you may want it to be i don't know versus someone that actually cares for you and loves you I'd rather take that, and if they've got other, if they've got needs or they will have needs that I can't meet, then yeah. If if it if it becomes more more than that, then it's like again goes comes back to communication. Can't really do much anyway.
2: I wouldn't want to be in a damned if you do, damned if you don't kind of like situation. I'd it doesn't just... have
1: to be damned if you do, damned if you don't. Though. Really, if you. If you express how you feel, like if you're able to, anyway, I'm not I trying s- to convince you either. Oh no, like I know. Is, I've, yeah, by all means, this is a obviously a scenario that hasn't happened, but
2: yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I'm not too sure.
1: Would you would you be a lover to someone who has an incapacitated partner? To someone who
2: has a past yes, so
1: stepping
0: out for you and you know they're in a
1: relationship their partner is incapacitated but they want you to be their lover
2: they makes no do I, why wouldn't I I don't yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, just, it's just like seeing someone that you know yeah
1: mm. but no but you're standing on one side it's like you couldn't be the other person then. so you'll do you'll, you'll be the person that they you're the partner steps with but if you if the shoe was on the other foot, you yeah. because I'm saying, I think
2: it. I'd be uncomfortable. As in, as in, I'm in a relationship with someone, and I'm comfortable with them. Now, I understand the need or they have desires. I've got no mm. problem with that. But I just prefer, actually, like there's a there's an argument I'd want to end the relationship. Okay, that's what I'm saying. Is and I can see an argument as to ending it. As in, yeah, I can see an argument or a reason why I'd want to end it for the betterment of that person. So that person goes on and and, and is actually happy, whereas. If you're just talking about me just seeing someone who has an incapacitated partner, mm. then I don't really like that's I don't I don't think that's a massive problem for me. Mm. If the partner was comfortable with it as well.
1: Cool. Last part. Oh, last parts. Most group marriages and circles we've encountered are much more lightly held and flow easily with new partners who may some someday join the group at large over time and one step at a time. Dossie belonged to one such family. When her daughter was a baby, there was no formal requirements, and everyone fit together and grew and grew together as they went along, with partnerships forming and separating and reforming on their timetables, and everyone responsible for the whole gang of children. This adaptive arrangement worked very well for quite a few years, not forever, but for a good old, for a good, happy, memorable, long time. What do you think the effect on the children would be? It might be. It, it might be
0: positive, in that, in that they, they'll be very open. The ch- what well, I would expect them to be very open coming from a household like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it could be confusing when they got in when they get into like environments such as mainstream education where it's not it's really the norm. So it could confuse them slightly, and it could almost. Um, leave them confused I'm thinking of someone who When this wasn't the norm Who went to our school
2: I know you're talking about
0: Who had um, gay, Adopted to gay dads Yeah And Catching up with this person In the last few months He explained to me A lot about How he'd had how he kind of went through drink and drugs and had to seek help and stuff like that, mm. and I think a portion of that was down to his childhood and growing up. He, believe me when I say, the house that he grew up in, he didn't need, he didn't, he didn't have, he didn't need to want for anything, as he came, they they had money, yeah, but he didn't really know his parents, or I think what he knows of them, maybe I think the mum was like a druggie and stuff, adopted by two gay dads. Mm. So all of that left, I think, left him slightly confused. And I'm, I'm, I'm thinking with a scenario like this: where you grow up in a household of love, mm. but it's it's a household which is not the norm. And then when you uh, realize, amongst your peers, you haven't grown up in a normal household, you start questioning that. Do you, um, um revolt? Is that it? Like. Do you, um, is there a, is there an element of you rev, revolt, revolting against that? See what I'm saying?
2: What kind of rebellion against? Rebe- it?
0: Sorry, not revolt, rebel. Same, same difference.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: So I don't know. It could go one of either two ways. I, th- I also think you just have a you
2: have a much more open perspective to life as well. Mm. Growing up in an environment like that. Mm-hmm.
1: What's that?
2: Sorry, no, I, I didn't catch the beginning of that. Of what? Of the scenario, sorry.
1: All right, let's just go to... I'm happy
2: with that because I'd, I'd rather not go on.
1: Okay, you just go to read 233, three, the single soliloquy, then we'll, we'll wrap up. this. Right. <laughs> just writes
0: someone Dossie writes, someone at a workshop once asked me, don't you get lonely living alone? It took me a second to understand that he wasn't trying to make me feel bad. What an ache he in his... He in his what an ache he in his, wow innocently opened in me i had to say yes of course i get lonely and yet i have lived about half my life single some things are hard to do by yourself i bought my first house a few years ago how i yearned for a partner but i managed somehow i dealt with my fears as well as with realtors and mortgage brokers and roofers and inspectors and i have a sweet little home in the woods like me it is mine to share with others when and how i choose hmm like me you know <laughs> Someone asked me if I feared being alone in my old age I'm now in my 70s And you bet I'm afraid of that I do have a role and my, my mother outlived my father by almost 30 years There's more Damn Nothing lasts forever I still crave the thrill of falling in love The dream of a romance so magical it can never fade And I know better but I'm a person who prefers burning passion to sweet reason. And I don't consider myself very good at compromise. My compromise for my own survival is to learn to live single and to make a very good life of it. A lifelong commitment to myself. In 1969, when I, when I, when I was first to slut on purpose and a baby feminist, I decided to live single for five years so I could discover who I might be when I'm not trying to be somebody's wife. But how was I going to make that work? I didn't want to live and raise my child in a cold world with no affection or intimacy. So I had devised a scheme for sharing love with lovers I had no intention of living with. I invented ways that I could take the risky steps of sharing affection openly with people I had not secured, if I can call it that. I told them what I liked about them. I good-mouthed. I sought out opportunities... I good-mouthed. I sought out opportunities to be demonst- demonstrative. I insisted on the calling on calling the feelings I had for each of my lovers by their true name, love. And when I had the courage to be loving, the result was that I got a a lot of love back. Sharing an open affection for who and what I love around me has become the foundation of my way of life, whether or not I am living with a partner. I am confident this approach can work for everyone, whatever their lifestyle. Wouldn't it be a fine role if we all made It's a point to honour and cherish and openly value every person we make a connection with. I live in the country and I feel this same kind of heart-opening love when I walk on a beach or look at the world from the top of a small mountain or discover around me some bend in a trail, a 2,000-year-old tree standing in majesty. I feel no... majesty. I feel no desperation nor any desire to cling. I just feel happy. Do I sometimes feel lonely? Sure. Do I love my life? Immensely. Sometimes I think I'm the luckiest person in the world. Girl, tell me what